Hey guys, and welcome to Get A Life Podcast. It's me, Bish, and you might be wondering, Bish, what's going on? I know I kind of did this little meme every episode, but basically I've rearranged everything and we were waiting on some scheduled maintenance from Apple Podcasts and Spotify to end before we could release new episodes. Our previous episode was Muso-based, as you can imagine, and so is this one. I think this is the sort of the summer of Muso, if that makes sense. So we were speaking about Token Rambo Warriors with Chloe from OtomeKitten.com. And today, we've got the legend himself, Chris Gilda. Hello, everybody. So, Chris, what are we here to talk about today? Well, we're going to be talking about probably one of the, the best released Muso games so far, mm-hmm. IMHO. We're going to be talking about Three Hopes, a little bit about Three Houses. A little bit. Well, you know what? I think the Three Houses conversation is just going to go down to who is best girl, who is best house. <laughs> We'll have that conversation in a little bit. But before we get into it, I just want to say our disclaimer. Just so you guys know, Get A Life Podcast is a gaming podcast that we kind of focus on Japanese games and all sorts of games, really. Our forte is Muso. You guys really kind of noticed that over the years. We're sponsored by Crunchyroll. We're sponsored by Sugoi Mart. So go and check them out. If you want, you can check them out in the ads during the ad breaks. If you don't like ads, then subscribe to our Patreon page. It's only £5 a month. That's like basically a cup of coffee especially with the inflation going up and stuff like that so anyway i forgot to do this last episode but i want to thank nintendo of europe for providing me with a review copy of this game i didn't expect it but they were like hey we liked your review for hyrule warriors age of calamity here's a code for three ho- three hopes and you know what i'm so happy because i'll be honest with you chris this was a game that if i didn't get a code for i would have bought it day one 100 i bought it day it's, one it's a good game and you mentioned it earlier this may be one of the best Muso games so far and that's amazing and it, it kind of upsets me at the same time because it's like Koei put so much effort into stuff that isn't their IP but then when it comes to their IP it's like eh, you know we know people will buy this so let's not put as much effort in I'm, <laughs> look I'm not calling Koei out but part of me thinks that with the previous sort of Muso collaborations that we're getting they tend to be a lot more outlandish bigger budgets you know it, it seems that there's a lot of care and 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 to a certain degree, a lot more time has sort of gone into a lot of it. So I don't know if people know this, but Three Hopes is the newest Fire Emblem Warriors game. It sort of follows the same sort of thing as Age of Calamity in the fact that it has a actual story behind it. Yes, in this game, it's not canonical, but there is a level of story. There's a level of character interactions that you would have seen uh, in a similar vein to Three Houses. And just for those that don't know, Fire Emblem Three Houses actually is developed by Koei Tecmo as well as Intelligent Systems, which I didn't know that when I picked up Three Houses. I I, (laughs) I did not know that Koei had anything to do with it until I saw the credits. And I was like, what? Koei Tecmo? It was like Koei Tecmo Shanghai. And I think think Koei Tecmo, they had like a Vietnam office. And I was like, damn, Koei, GG. So, Chris, I wanted to know, how do you get into Fire Emblem? Was Three Houses your first Fire Emblem game? No. So, I played the demo of the first 3DS game. Mm-hmm. I forget. Was it Awakening? Yeah, I think Awakening was on the 3DS. Yeah. So, I played the demo for that. I never actually bought the game because I was, you know, still putting all of my money towards the Warriors games at that mm-hmm. point. And then I played Heroes, the mobile game, and... 
Three Houses was definitely like the first Fire, Fire Emblem War game that I bought and played like from start to finish. In fact, it's it's the only Fire Emblem game that I've played from start to finish. Okay. I did know that it was being co-developed by Koei before its release, which is why I also bought the collector's edition on launch because you got to keep up that Koei collection. Gotta keep up the collection. Um, was it like a treasure box style, or was it like Nintendo were dealing with the you know special editions and, and things like that? So Nintendo was dealing with the the special editions and the publishing, but it was along the lines of a treasure box edition where it came. I think it came with the soundtrack an art book, a couple of other things. I have it on the shelf, but I only opened it the once to look at everything and then I put it back because I don't want to ruin anything. Fair enough. I'm the kind of person in general, I don't like collecting games anymore. Like I used to love doing it, but then I realized I was like, I keep on getting games. I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but when you get games like for review, it's they don't give you physical copies anymore. You don't really get to enjoy the collecting aspect of it. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, I've already got the game. Do I really want to invest more money into a copy that I'm never going to play, if that makes sense, because I've already got the digital copy. I do that. Oh, you do? Yep. I will buy a physical copy of games that I get uh, review codes for, specifically so that I have them on the shelf in the collection, and I just keep them sealed. Okay. Which is also, like, a cool thing as a collector to be like, oh, I've got these games sealed. But I am also the idiot that buys all ports of every Warriors game, so, like, take that as you will. <laughs> You know what, Chris? I actually quite like it because I was I was looking at your TikToks recently and you were talking about all these different versions. I think it was like Dynasty Warriors 4. You just kind of going through. You had like bought a Russian version of the game. I was like, where, where the hell do you find this stuff? Yeah, I was trying to keep an eye out for an affordable copy of Dynasty Warriors 4 Hyper on PC. Because like that was kind of like my holy grail to get. Because like... It's my favorite of the classics, and the PC version actually has dynamic shadows. So it's almost like an HD version of the game. So I wanted it. I didn't care what language it was in, as long as it was, like, not $100. Mm -hmm. So I found this Russian copy on eBay for, like, 25 bucks. Bought it. Waited four weeks. It never came. Emailed the guy. I was like, hey, can I just get, like, a, a refund? And he was like, yeah, no problem. Like, instantly gave me the refund. A week later, it shows up. So you got it for free. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I feel bad for the guy, though. But probably he would have got the money back from, like, he would have insured it, right? I'd imagine. You would hope so. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Was the guy based in, in Russia, or was it, like, a Canadian? Okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed yeah. that he, he would have got it insured, because that's kind of that's kind of shit if, he, if he's out a game yeah. and the money. But you know what? You came out on top. So is there a English patch for the game, at least, that you could... I don't you know. know. I haven't tried looking for it. I don't want to fuck with okay. it, because, like, the voices are in English. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's all that matters to me. Like, I, I can still play it. I can still... I've actually been able to still go for some of the secret weapons mm -hmm. and items and stuff. But you do that out of memory, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it was it's very interesting when I saw the TikTok. Fun fact, I don't know if many people know this, but I could actually le uh, read Russian. I can... It's weird. I can read it, but I don't understand what the words mean. And... I can do that with French because I'm Canadian. Yeah. I don't understand it. I can kind of read it and, like, make it seem like I... You know something. ...know what yeah. I'm saying. I can kind of mimic the uh, accent while I'm talking mm -hmm. in French, mm -hmm. but I can't understand Is French. it like a Quebec uh, accent? I have no okay. idea. 
because you know what? If Kevin was here, because Kevin's also Canadian and he can actually speak French, but his accent isn't like French Canadian. Like he he speaks like a Parisian. It's like more like actual French. But anyway, that shout out to Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, uh, our resident Canadian on the podcast. Back onto Fire Emblem. So it's kind of interesting that you got into the series not because of Three Houses. I know a lot of people, especially on the Switch, you know, being the first Fire Emblem on the Switch, and you know, a new redesign and new sort of studios coming in to sort of develop for this game. It brought in a lot of new faces, and especially myself, right? So when I got into Fire Emblem, originally what it was was I was playing Dynasty Warriors God Seekers. I don't know if you remember that game. I do. I was playing it. That was actually fun fact. That was the first game Koei ever gave me to review. And nice. Th- not nice, Chris. Not nice. That game was oh. horrible. <laughs> not nice. Not nice. Well, still, it- it's nice. It's that, nice that yeah. You no, know, they they noticed me. You got the yeah. game, Nathan. <laughs> if you're listening, don't listen to that bit. But uh, no, but seriously, Godseekers. I mean it in general it was like a game that was done for like an anniversary or something like that it was based off a i don't know i don't know how to explain it it was like there's this game series that it was based off of iketsuden or something like that it was another yeah game series that koei made and then they were like oh we'll just put in dynasty warriors and and i was playing it and i was like oh i don't like this sort of weird tactic style game it didn't feel right with dynasty warriors characters and i showed it to kevin once again shout out to kevin and he was like oh this is basically like fire emblem I was like, what the hell is Fire Emblem? He explained it to me and he was like, oh, you need to play Fire Emblem. The new one's coming out soon. And I was like, okay, Kevin, if the new one is anything like this Godseekers game, I'm not going to enjoy it. He was like, dude, (laughs) go and buy it. Believe me, go and buy it. And then for some odd reason, I was just like, it came to the release day and there's this Argos nearby. So an Argos is like one of those warehouse stores that you go in, you're pick what you want and then they go out into a warehouse and they pick it for you it's it's really weird but i went into the argos and this argos near me it shut down because probably i think that there was some dodgy stuff that was going on there but this argos for some odd reason always had japanese games on clearance any game that had like a japanese developer or any game that wasn't like a triple a title was always on clearance for some odd reason and i went in on launch day for three houses and i picked up the game for half price on launch physically i don't know how that was possible i was just like what the hell and i i questioned the guy i was like is this the correct price he was like yeah it's correct price i was like okay cool i'm not gonna blame it what i think it might have been i think it might have been confused with fire emblem warriors Uh. because that was also on clearance at the time so i think probably they stuck the wrong sticker on it wrong price on it or whatever upc error but it worked out in my favor and i was like you know what i'm gonna play this game and i know i'm giving a bit too much into my life but at that time my ceiling was leaking in my room and i was sleeping on the floor because it basically ruined my bed and eventually my ceiling sort of collapsed you know that's too much information but that was what was going on when i was playing three houses so i i basically i was sleeping on the floor on a mattress in my in my house and i was just like i'm having a really shitty time right now and i'm hoping that 
I'm hoping to God that this game is good. And I wasn't disappointed. It, Three Houses is an excellent game. And Kevin was right. I did really enjoy it, you know, despite, you know, that sort of strategy. And to be honest with you, I've grown to love those games now. You know what I mean? I haven't played any other mm. Fire Emblem games, but games in which that you have that sort of tactical... That, like, grid-based... Yeah, it's, uh... it's so simple, but at the same time, it's great. And then what I liked about Three Houses was it wasn't just, like, this top-down view. That they, they actually had 3D models. You saw the animation. You kind of felt the fight was going on. And what was interesting as well is that, oddly enough, like, going back and thinking about it, I've played similar games. Like, I've played Valkyria Chronicles, which, in essence, is a very similar game to fire emblem but it's obviously set in a world war ii or whatever so it's it is and it isn't but that was another game that i also really enjoyed but at the same time that game fucked me up because of permadeath in that game that you know i don't know if you could switch that off but as soon as it came to fire yeah. emblem i was just like you know what? i'm not i'm not gonna turn on permadeath because i actually grew like an emotional bond with some of these characters and it, it goes to show the power that games have especially like if you're in a really shitty scenario or in a really shitty point in life you know these games can kind of lift you up and lift up your mood and really make you think differently you know so Fire Emblem Three Houses did that thing. Yeah, and I think that like permadeath thing is one of the reasons why I've stayed away from the series because some of the older games, you can't turn that off. That is like a feature of the game. To be honest with you, if the Three Houses did include permadeath, I don't know what the fuck I would do. And, you know, Three Hopes also includes permadeath, but it's a Musou game. It's not, I mean, depending on what difficulty you're playing, and if you're someone that isn't used to Musou, you're going to get your ass handed to you. But at the same time, you know, if, you, if you're used to Musou, at least so far, I haven't had any unit die on me, you know? And I'm playing on, I think I'm playing on normal for the first playthrough. But at least so far, I'm on like chapter 11 or 12, none of my units have died some of them have gotten real close but none of them have died so yeah. far but i i think i'm attributing that to the amount of sort of experience you know with muso you know if i was someone that was fresh to muso i would be scared shitless of you know bringing in certain troops into battle because I'm like, I don't I don't want Bernadetta to die because she's my favorite. You know, that kind of stuff. So speaking of favorites, who is your favorite in... Actually, we'll start with which routes have you played in Three Houses? Uh, I've played 100% through uh, the Black Eagles. Okay. Siding with uh, them throughout the whole uh, playthrough. And then I played halfway through the Blue Lines and stopped. I couldn't continue. Like the first half or even the first two thirds of the game is the exact same. Mm -hmm. It's just like a couple of character interactions are different. And that's interesting that you mentioned that because if you play the other story modes, the story pretty much follows a very similar route, right? In the end, yeah. you're all, I don't want to give spoilers, but in the end, you're all, you know, fighting the same person. That's just how it is. Um, the only real unique story is Edelgard's story. And I know a lot of people hate Edelgard, but you know what, Edelgard, I'm going to go with the meme. Edelgard did nothing wrong. That's all I... Thank it's you. true, though. Like, <laughs> I, why do people hate Edelgard? Like, that's something I want to know. Well, I think it's the same thing of, like, people don't like Cao Cao in Dynasty Warriors. Um, they're the kind of characters that they have ambitions. They know what they want for the world and the world that they want to build, and they'll do anything that's required in order to get that goal. But, I mean, it was the same with with Nobunaga, right? In Samurai, to a degree, right? They kind of compared Cao Cao and Nobunaga together. So to at least before Samurai Warriors 5, I don't think many people really liked Nobunaga Oda, right? So it's like, how come he doesn't get lumped in with them? 
You know what I mean? With Nobunaga, at least from Samurai Warriors 1 through 4, he was just that edgelord, I'm dark to be dark kind of character. It wasn't like Cao Cao, where he was kind of towing that line of, um, I'm going to kill you to get what I want, and I care about you, you know, mm. I'll do what's needed to protect you. But oddly enough, Nobunaga was like that historically, you know? So, so oh, yeah. it, it just, it's so weird, like, how they can portray characters like that. But you know what? I kind of respect Edelgard for that. I'm not saying that I side with villains, but I'm going to keep on saying this. Edelgard did nothing wrong. And I think if you guys think so, fight me. That's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> fight me in the comments. Because at the end of the day, Edelgard, I think, in all of Three Houses, and I would say also in Three hopes as well she has a very clear ambition she's a very well-written character a very well-rounded character you know the reasons why she does things and it doesn't feel as though she's doing it for her family's pride because there's a lot of characters that they want to carry on the family name or they're doing this because their parents do you know what i mean and it's kind of wishy-washy but with edelgard you know i'm here to take down the church and that's the reason why like she has it in her head and nothing it's kind of as you mentioned like Sautau, my my ambition cannot be stopped right it's 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 exactly that. Yeah, but like the other thing about Edelgard is like on the surface, she is very rounded and like almost this like one goal, one ultimate goal kind of person. But like when you look at her as a character and you interact with her, you realize how complex mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can spoil like a specific character interaction. Oh no, please um, do. If you get, I think it's either the B rank or the A rank uh, friendship between her and Leonard. Leonard finds her petting a stray cat and feeding a stray cat. The whole interaction is just hilarious because at first she's like, uh, I, I've never seen this cat in my life. <laughs> But then it, it like slowly goes to like, well, cats are like very reliable. You know, they hunt the pests that we need. Mm -hmm. And then she slowly like delves into, Leonard, do you know how to domesticate a cat? <laughs> you know, she has her cute side, but she has her uh, like hard shelled side as well. Like it's just, she fits so many different molds. Before we get onto the break, I just want to know who is your favorite character, at least in Three Houses. And then we'll, we'll talk about Three Hopes after the break. But in Three Houses, who would you say is your favorite? Uh, Edelgard. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> you know who my favorite character was? My favorite character in Three Houses is Ferdinand. And I was kind of gutted because I don't know if you guys know this, but the voice actor for Ferdinand, Billy Kometz, passed away last month due to cancer and stuff like that. Playing the game, at least three hopes, because I play in English, right? I like the Japanese voices, but I kind of also like the English. So I was playing it in English and I started crying because I was just like, dude, I can't handle this. You know what I mean? Like, especially because the game yeah. released so close to his passing. I was just like, dude, I had to put the game down for a little bit. You know, because I couldn't have, like, it seems a bit odd because people are like, well, Bish, why do you care? But at the same time, you know, it's a, he's a great voice actor. He's been in a lot of different projects, anime, games, things like that. So just hearing that just made, yeah. you know, brought a lot of emotions. So, but in general, I mean, like Ferdinand is one of my favorite characters for multiple reasons. I think also because his, his movesets in the original Three Houses and also in, um, in Three Hopes, it's just one of the best. And he was just a tank. You know, I'd bring him in for every battle. And I just, you know what? There was one thing when, when he would fight. He would so emotional. And he was so like, I don't know what the word is, but he was so passionate. You know, he'd scream out his own name when he's trying to finish someone off. He's like, <laughs> I am Ferdinand. 
What was his surname? Uh, Von. Von Iyer. Von, yeah. Well, how do you pronounce it? But because uh, uh, yeah, so he would just scream his name. I was like, damn, that's that is dedication. What other character would scream their own name? Imagine Bernadetta doing that. She wouldn't do that. But you know what I mean. That, that's another thing. Bernadetta, one of my favorite characters. But I'll get into that after the break because she because <laughs> she wasn't my favorite character in Three Houses. She was my she's my favorite character in Three Houses. Anyway, we'll go on a little bit of an ad break and we'll see you on the other side. Right before we get into the ads, I want to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon page where you can support us directly for only £5 a month. It means that you don't need to listen to ads like this, as amazing as they are. It's a no-brainer. You get early access to our show as well as ad-free content for all of the podcasts that we do. Or if you decided, well, I might go for a one-time donation, you could do so on our coffee page. That's coffee.com forward slash get a life podcast. That's ko-fi.com forward slash get a life podcast. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash get a life podcast. Also consider subscribing to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, even on YouTube subscribing is free it also means that you keep up to date with the content that we do post for all of our podcasts if you do leave a like on youtube or if you give us a five star rating on the podcast platforms it really does help us get up in the rankings it really does help us get more sponsorships it helps us out a lot you don't know how much that actually helps us so consider leaving us a positive review telling us all your thoughts as well and stuff that we can improve on really does help me out a lot as well gives me a motivation so subscribe consider leaving a five-star review or a comment if you're on youtube and enjoy the ad break and the rest of this episode have you ever thought hey i'm really into japanese snacks and japanese otaku goods well you know what get yourself over to sugoi mart by japan crate sugoi mart we love them we love Japan Crate, by the way. We've spoken about Japan Crate on the podcast before, but you know what? We've leveled up our partnership with them and our sponsorship to a Sugoi Mart one because I wanted you guys to experience a lot more of what Japan Crate has to offer through Sugoi Mart. It's not always about snacks, guys. You can buy a lot of Japanese goods directly from Sugoi Mart. And it's fantastic service there, I will say this. You got your lucky bags. If you're really into anime, you could get Sugoi Mart lucky bags for over a hundred dollar value for only 40 pounds right 40 pounds incredibly cheap so you're getting a hundred dollars worth of stuff for 50 bucks that's including snacks and other goods if you decide to go for the lucky bags and to be honest with you those lucky bags you can check them out on our page because sugoi mart moving forward we're going to be showcasing the sugoi mart products on their site and we're going to be showing you guys really cool weird and wonderful stuff from japan we're going to be curating stuff directly there. If you like it, buy it. And you know what? Use our link. Getalifepodcast.com forward slash sugoi. That's getalifepodcast.com forward slash S-U-G-O-I. We'll take you to our Sugoi Mart page. And you can use our code G-A-L-P. That's G-A-L-P for 15% off your order. That's insane, guys. 15% off. We all know that collectibles and things from Japan can be very expensive. So 15% off, that's pretty decent. They've got some really lovely stuff on their site. Uh, stuff from Spy Family. They've got a lot of Sanrio stuff as well. A lot of anime things. A lot of 
Genshin stuff. If you're really into Genshin, they got it. As well as some brands from Japan, snacks from Japan as well. They've got a lot of One Piece stuff. If you're into One Piece, they've got stuff from Muji. They've got stuff from Disneyland. They've got stuff from Universal Studios Japan, in addition to Starbucks and Studio Ghibli. Stuff that you really can't find anywhere else. I'll be honest with you. So once again, check out Sugoi Mart. It supports the show when you do. We love them. They love us. And I'm pretty sure you'll love them too. So that's getalifepodcast.com forward slash Sugoi. Use the code GALP for 15% off. Anyway, back onto the episode. Chris, how are you? How was the ad break? I am good. It was nice. So for you guys, that was like maybe five minutes. If you're listening on Patreon, it's instant. Just like this interaction here was instant as well. So there you go. So has it changed, Chris, for you in three hopes? No. no. It's still Edelgard. <laughs> it's still, Ed- it's yeah. still, still Lady Edelgard. Um, do you play in English or in Japanese? Just so I know. Okay, in English. Cool. I made a joke in my re- my mini review. Uh, just don't, don't listen to it in Japanese. Why? And no, in Japanese is good. I, I like the Japanese voices because <laughs> I played Three Houses originally in Japanese. I can't hear the the Japanese voices. Like for so, some characters, it just it's too anime y mm-hmm. for like the the tone of the mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean because I've noticed that there's a lot of characters, at least in English, have this sort of regal tone to them, or like some characters with Brit- British accents, like Hubert, for example, when he goes up to Ed- yes. Lady Edelgard. You know, that sort of Professor Snape, Hogwarts style yes. voice. And it, it makes sense in that setting because it's like sort of medieval. In a sense, it is It is kind of Hogwarts-esque, if that makes sense. I know it sounds really weird, but... Well, like the the very like noble, high-class people are always talking in like this very posh accent and like they hold themselves up very high. But then like the people like um, Balthus, who is kind of like a brute, he definitely has the that like tone of like I usually go down to the pub for a drink like every morning. <laughs> you know whose voice really puts me off? It's uh, Jaritza or whatever his name is. Oh his- yeah, Jaritza. <laughs> He's like the only character, one of the only characters that I'm like, uh, probably like, I'm not saying the voice actor couldn't do that sort of a role, but I think for Jaritza, he should have a different 100%, voice. 100%. Because the voice put me off. It was just like, it was like kind of like, like, you know what I mean? It was like kind of, yeah. I don't want to say drugged if up. If you close your eyes, you can see what they were going for, but um, I, I think... Yeah, but you're not going to close your eyes when you're playing the game, Chris. No. So, yeah, for me, it kind of felt as though he was high the whole time. Like, you know, that, that's, that was the vibe that I got. I was like, what? He's supposed to be like this sort of knight or, you know you know what I mean? Like, he's he's like the protector, right? That was the, the vibe yeah. that I got from him. But he just sounded lazy. And no offense to the voice actor, I just think it wasn't the right direction for that yeah. particular character character in japanese it's not as bad though i will be real with you in japanese it's not that bad in english it just sounded a bit odd and i was like okay he's a badass but the voice just sounded odd to me i made that joke about the the japanese voices because like edelgard's japanese voice is like almost the stereotypical sundere voice but you know what if you know she what i is mean a sundere, and you can tell you can <laughs> tell by the way that she looks look at her character profile she is a she's clearly a sundere no no 
I'm sorry. She looks like a sundere, but she is not a sundere. No, but she is. Look at it, Chris. Look. Okay, go to the wiki right now. <laughs> Type in Edelgard. No. no, please. I beg you. Do this. She's even no, got I am the looking at hair. her no, right she's, now. She's got the sundere hair flip as well. That's what she's doing right now. Chris, believe it. Look, I'm, I'm sending it in the Discord because I have to. <laughs> look, tell me this official art. Uh, when you look at her, yeah. you don't say, oh, she's sundere as fuck. She's super sundere. Looks wise. Yeah. Looks wise, yes, but like personality, no, pers she is not a sundae. But that's true. I get it, hundred percent. I agree with you on that. But at the same time, a lot of people aren't gonna know about that until they actually play as Edelgard, right? So they're not gonna experience the true Edelgard. I mean, I'll be real with you. One of the only reasons that I picked Edelgard initially in Three Houses was because of the Sundara nature. I'm a big fan of Sundara people, so. <laughs> And I would say I'm a bit Sundere myself, but I picked Edelgard for that very reason. Because of that, you know, I was hoping that she'd call me Baka somewhere through, but she didn't, okay? <laughs> but one of the reasons that Edelgard is literally one of the best characters in both Three Houses and in Three Hopes, the voice actress for Edelgard, do you know who it is? Uh, I've got it up here. Tara, Tara Platt. Platt. Tara Platt, GG. I love her. She's one of my favorite voice actresses out there. You know why? Because she's the voice of Wang Yuanji. Yes. And Mitsuru from Persona 3. But more importantly, I now that I, I didn't realize it initially, and now that I think about it, she's got the Wang Yuanji voice. <laughs> and you know what? Wang Yuanji is also Sundara. Chris, it's all adding up. It's all adding up, Chris. Chris, you know what? We've, we've learned so much. I think we can end the episode right here. There's no not much for us to talk about after this. Look, if you guys, uh, just as a summary, um, buy this game because Edelgard is voiced by Terra Platt. That's the only reason to buy this game. I'm sorry. It's, it's the only reason you guys should care about. All jokes aside. So, Chris, <clears throat> obviously this is a Musou game. I've never played Fire Emblem Warriors, the original. How does this game differ from, and we're talking about Three Hopes here, how does Three Hopes differ from the initial Fire Emblem Musou? So, first of all, one of the big ones is that you can change your class with all of the characters. You can't do that in um, Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, the story is also done a thousand times better because the in the original Fire Emblem Warriors, the story is just very straightforward. There's no paths, it's just, I mean, there's kind of paths, but it's similar to the way they did the paths in um, Hyrule Warriors, where it's like, okay, these characters are splitting up, so you have these three routes that you're going to do anyways. It's not like you go this route if you make this decision. You go that route if you made that decision. There are some moments in Three Hopes where, like, before you start the stage, it will literally tell you your decisions will change the path the story takes, which is, like, huge. I, I know a lot of Warriors fans have been wanting a lot more of that in, like, the mainline Dynasty Warriors. I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, I'm not here to sort of shit on the idea. I mean, it's a great idea, but there's only so much you can do in a mainline Dynasty Warriors game because the story is set for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, there yeah. may be some... I could see this sort of working if Koei removed the what-if missions and sort of integrated that sort of level of choice which could lead on to a what-if storyline. But I think for, for that to work, Koei would really need to sort of remove a lot of characters and kind of take it back to basics in a similar fashion to Samurai Warriors. I mean, this episode is not necessarily discussing about the future of <laughs> Dynasty Warriors, but I think... If that was to work, if that's what something that Koei was to do, they would probably need to take 
Dynasty Warriors back to basics. And I've been saying this for a while, by yeah. the way. Too many characters, genuinely. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. I, I was quite shocked when playing this game because it felt... Look, I was playing the demo because you you told me to play it. And you were like, look, the demo's got a lot of content. So I was like, hell yeah. There's like four, you get the first four chapters in the demo, which is literally a shit ton of content. There's literally two two spots before the end of the demo that the demo could have yeah, ended. 100%. But I think... Th but th it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> and I think mainly... The, the reason probably why they've done that was because they want to get you into the main bulk of the game, which is after the time skip. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in the original Fire Emblem Three Houses, the time skip was like halfway through the game. And then literally this one's like maybe within the first couple of hours you get the time skip. So you get it really early on. I think the reason being is because they kind of want to separate the characters as soon as possible because of the fact that you can only play as certain characters on certain routes, which before the recording, I didn't know this. I got ruined because of the Fire Emblem wiki. <laughs> what is that about? Like, literally, I, I went in to search all the characters and then bam, get told that certain characters yeah. aren't playable in certain routes, which is disappointing. I think they could have easily made it a available so that you could play as any characters at any time you yeah. know yes i get it that there, there wouldn't be certain characters to play as like for example if you're playing through edelgard's route you won't be able to play as dimitri that makes sense but you know i think everyone else should be fair game you know what i mean like or at least like have a an actual free mode so like once you finish the Black Eagles, you get access to all of the Black Eagles characters and all the characters that you hired and stuff throughout that store. You get access to them in free mode, plus all of the Black Eagles uh, stages. Then you play through the Blue Lions. Then you get all the Blue Lions specific characters mm -hmm. and all the Blue Lions stages. And the funny thing is that's not difficult to implement because there is a story retelling. But as you mentioned before, that's only you can only use the characters that you've unlocked through that playthrough, which the game in a, in a sense, I mean, if you want to unlock those characters, you can unlock certain characters, but you have to do them through strategies. Which I, I actually really like. I mean, I like that idea mm. because it was just like, it gives a reason to play all of those side missions. Like you can go for the main mission straight away, but if you wanted to get more strategies involved, you can actually, you know, do those side missions gain those points and then use those to buy strategies but at the same time there's also an incentive to go straight in for the main mission because then you get renown and then you can use that to spend you know for like permanent upgrades like uh health upgrades and stuff like that which i still think it's a very interesting thing so the game doesn't penalize you for for deciding if you want to go you know all guns blazing or take the time to do those side missions it's actually i also haven't spent my renown oh yeah yet. I, uh because I, I feel like there's going to be things added for New Game Plus that I want to save my renown for. Like, if I remember correctly, uh, you need to spend your renown in three houses mm -hmm. in order to carry over, like, levels, relationships, um, class levels, all that stuff, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I believe so as well. I, you spend your renown, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I don't think you spend your renown to save the classes. I think the classes and the levels just come as, um, they just, they come as standard, if that makes sense. But I do think there's certain things that you could keep with renown, like, um, 
what's the word like your own personal levels and like your what was it your levels in terms of like your, your i think the facility levels and bond levels and things like that so you yeah. can't keep everything with it but i think there's certain things that are just kept as standard like um not bonds but levels and certain classes can be kept but not everything like um but yeah it's very interesting because this renown system is it works in a similar vein but to me there's no real reason to use it it's there for people that aren't necessarily used to muso games because there's a lot of features in the renown system that gives you oh uh extra health permanently or extra attack and extra blah 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 which for me because this is a muso game and i'm used to it and, and dodging and things like that i don't necessarily need those things and a lot of the time i don't even use a lot of the stuff that the game gives me there's a lot of stuff in the game that are great are great features they're true to three houses but at the same time i don't feel as though i need them at least at this point in the game you know what i mean like i don't think i need to upgrade my weapons i don't think that i need to you know put on special rings or special like shields and you know what i mean like i don't need that yeah and i i have i've only upgraded a couple of weapons because i had the free upgrades mm -hmm. so like i had that exclamation mark next to like when i w would talk to the blacksmith i would have the exclamation mark next to forge and upgrade and i would be like oh, i can't i can't stand this mm -hmm. so i would go in and just get rid of them Get rid of all my free uses just so that those exclamation marks wouldn't be there um the only accessory that i use is the one that gives you extra experience yeah even that i don't use it like the the one things that i do keep on are certain troops because you know you can much like in three houses you can get those troops on for you and i would say they're more beneficial here in this game because it's oh it's, yeah it's kind of got that it kind of combines because, like, for those that don't know, uh, Fire Emblem is well known for its weapon triangle system, where, like, uh, swords are weak against spears, which are weak against axes, which are weak against swords. And then, like, I think bows and books for mages are weak against each other, or, like, they have their own triangle with the gauntlets, I think actually. If you have a character with a spear and you're going up against a character with an axe that you're weak against, you can actually equip yourself with troops that are of a sword type and now you're no longer weak against axes. People can consider that to be quite OP. It doesn't get you fully protected. Like, for example, it could put you on a level playing field or, for example, if, yeah. if you're, like, extremely weak. Like, for example, if you're a Pegasus Knight and you're up against a bow user, you're gonna get completely completely destroyed but if you do equip certain troops to come aid you that triangle kind of gets evened out a little bit like you're not going to get completely destroyed straight away you know what i mean yeah like there's layers to the weaknesses yeah. it's not like pokemon where it's like this is super effective it's like you can be somewhat effective definitely effective or like just a couple hits to kill and like vice versa exactly and i think it's very interesting because this is something that i think koei would have had to have taken into consideration because you know there is that similar system in three houses but i think integrating the troops in this way to sort of be that level of defense so that at least you can be on a level playing field was very interesting and i i kind of it reminded me of dynasty warriors 8 you know how you had like certain weapons that were mm, like that were just yeah. like neutral and things like that to kind of put you on a level playing field so that you didn't need to do that sort of was it called the dragon's rush i can't remember what it was called but you know when you do that um attack when the weapon affinities are different and things like that i can't remember the name of it but... oh yeah 
I, I can't remember either. But they did have this weapon triangle system in the original Fire Emblem Warriors. The only thing is, like, you can't change your class and you can't equip yourself with anything that changes that. So you kind of have to, like, watch out where your characters are going because if you have, like, a Wyvern Rider or a Pegasus Knight going up against, like, a bunch of foes, you definitely want to, like, pause the game, tell them to, like, retreat, go over to these other bases where they're going to be safe. It's very interesting that you mentioned about pausing the game and such, because for me, I would have thought initially that that aspect of the game would piss me off, because constantly, I am always pausing, always, always pausing, and I'm like, I need to move uh, Fernadan here, I need to move Bernadette here, there, here, but it doesn't take away from the gameplay, and in fact, it kind of adds to it, you know what I mean? Because oh, I you, love you're it. taking the time to sort of strategize. In a sense, it's like playing three houses right because in three houses you get that opportunity to sort of plan your phases out right because there is turns and things like that in a muso game you don't get that opportunity and i know that there are some muso games that do this that allow you to sort of move troops around empires games are but like it's that. not the same but that's the point it's not the same it's a pain in the ass to do it in an empires game and to a certain extent because i think the original zelda muso had this as well where you could move troops around but it it never felt the same right it there was really no point to there do wasn't. that other than like if you were playing on a hard difficulty and a character was about to die, maybe you would be like, you know, I'll pause and tell them to get out of there. This is what I love about Three Hopes is the fact that they actually do what you want them to do. They actually make a difference. And especially if you're pitting them against, you know, characters or enemies that are basically easy for them to fight because it will give you a little like indication, much like it would in Three Houses. It will give you a little bit of an indication. It will say, okay, there's 7% chance of failure you know and like 93 percent chance of success and i don't know if this has happened to you but there have been occasions in which those characters have failed it's very rare but because it is still technically a game of probability those characters have literally died even though they are overwhelmingly you know able to defeat that enemy that's happened to me a few times but i haven't had that happen but i've also been like before battle i will like try to figure out okay who is what class who is strong against the people on the the left side of the map who's strong against the right side of the map who's strong against the north side and then like i'll tell them to go to that area of the map and i'll switch back and forth between the characters to make sure that nobody is going up against somebody that they're going to be weak against and you know potentially die even though i'm not playing mm -hmm. On the permadeath mode, I still don't want people to die. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Because you gain that emotional attachment. It's it's very weird as well that you mentioned that. But there are times in which I openly just bring out a character that I know is not gonna be able to defeat that enemy, just to see how well they do. I know that sounds really sadistic, but most of the times, <laughs> I will bring out Bernadetta. And this is really mean. I know it's is. Look, people will be like, Bish, why Why do you hate Benedetta? I love Benedetta. She's a great character. But I want her to get out of her shell a little bit. So I will put her against... I, purposefully, I'll put her against character types that will destroy her in battle. And I will play as Benedetta because in every Musou game, I've 
fucking hate bow and arrow characters. I hate archers. I always hate them, right? Because I, I hate their movesets. I think until recently, until playing as Lady um, No in Samurai Warriors 5, I've sort of kind of opened up a little bit more to archers. But this game's movesets for the archers, mamma mia, they're just the best. There's something about it. Like, I actually feel as though I'm doing damage. I feel that I'm powerful. Even as a character like Bernadetta, who's really, you know, timid and you know she doesn't kind of, she's a hikikomori basically but you know she she's a badass in this game one of the biggest things for a musou game and making the archers feel like a fun character to play as is the movement like the bow movement for dynasty warriors 7 and 8 sucks mm. same with the crossbow i don't like the crossbow sun shang shang in dynasty warriors 6 was actually pretty good no in samurai warriors 5 is really good i actually really enjoyed ina in the original Samurai yeah. Warriors as well. But yeah, like the archers in this. Um, have you unlocked the Pegasus art or the... No. Archer not, Knights? Not yet. I mean, I had them in three houses, but at the moment, because I just got the Master Seals and I'd spent one on Shez and I spent one on Edelgard, um, which I actually regret using Edelgard's, Edelgard's one. Um, the next time I get an opportunity to get a Master Seal, I will be using it on Bernadetta for the... Um, Archer Knights. Have you been going to the uh, the shop and buying them every chapter? I think the first two ones that you get at the start of that chapter, because I think I just got access to the the master seals so oh, okay i basically i was like oh you know what i'm gonna unlock the the emperor and i'm gonna unlock the was it the flugels uh the azura oh is it okay so you know those two i unlocked them just because i wanted to see the moveset and i will be fair with you at least certain character progressions the middle so the advanced seal one can be a little bit of a pain and you have to sort of endure it to get the master seal if that makes sense like with yeah. Chez, uh i had to use the what was it the war the sword master i hate that moveset yeah I fucking hate it it was kind it's of okay. painful chris it's i mean it works for certain characters one of the middle classes that was actually pretty decent was Hubert's the the dark mage that I enjoyed that you one. know what I don't use um, magic users at all even with Dorothea because she's traditionally a magic user right with the books and stuff yeah so I wanted to emulate how I had her in three houses and that's another thing I, I've sort of made a personality for these characters in three houses so I kind <laughs> of go back to that I want to emulate that in three hopes in three houses Dorothea was actually I can't remember the name of the class but it was a sword user that had magic it was yeah it was a dancer no it wasn't um, the dancer class. it wasn't the dancer class no? no because the dancer class you could only get for one character every playthrough and that was during the dance it wasn't the dancer class it was a class that looks like a samurai but it's specifically a sword class like the mortal savant oh basically a samurai class it's a sword class that can use magic as well and some really advanced magic so it's kind of like the best of both worlds you get that sort of power and speed that you would get with a sword and sort of the, that level of protection but at the same time you can use uh, magic and if you're using a sword that is imbued with magic like a sword that has electric or fire or uh, poison or something like that it is a very deadly combination so i had dorothea with that class in three houses and i also had uh, felix 
with that class as well. I think that's supposed to be Felix's main class anyway, but it, it really just worked for Dorothea as well. So I was pushing for her to get that class in Three Hopes. And there were so many other characters that part of me thinks that I didn't like their main classes in or the sort of progression that the game gives you because the game suggests you don't need to necessarily go with that class. But, yeah. you know, there are certain classes that you could go with. I'm trying to remember the guy, Casper. I didn't like his axe class because of the fact that basically Edelgard, Edelgard is already that axe user. I don't need to. So I, I gave him the, the gauntlets just to sort of differentiate him a little bit. And it works because then it means I can have a more varied team. I don't like having characters that are the same class, you know what I mean? Just to keep that variety yeah. there. And it, it works. I mean, sometimes it makes the fight a little bit more difficult, especially if you're doing character missions, because the character missions, the enemies that you're gonna fight are based- Are based on their, yeah. like, their recommended. Exactly. So when I was fighting with Dorothea and I was doing her character mission and I'm using the Swordmaster, it did not go well. I spent ages just trying to, it was a painful mission. One thing that I do like about those character missions is the fact that it gets you to play characters that you would never play, you know, you know what I mean? Like get to experience characters and their movesets and it does a really good job at it as well. And it also gets you to level them up because you'll get to a certain point in the game where you'll unlock a character and they'll be so under leveled compared to the rest of the characters that you have yeah. i think my edelgard is like level 40 which i'm already over leveled and i think the reason why is because i was playing the shit out of the demo playing and playing <laughs> and just over leveling my characters which you probably like bish you were playing the same three missions again and again yes that's what i was doing because i just wanted to get leveled up to the point where i'm just op you know what i mean so but it also meant that in certain character stories you'll get a character that you haven't touched since the beginning of the game and they're like level three and you your character story is like recommended level 30 and you're like shit and it's like well, I, I don't want to level them up because i don't know if they're going to be good or not and i'll go in and that's a, like a level of challenge for me i'll go into the fight as a level two fighting level 30 enemies i have a question okay. for you do you use generally like the same handful of characters yes i try not to but there will be a time in which I kind of get homesick and I'm like, I really want these characters to be by my side. But yes, generally I use the same group of characters. It's usually Ferdinand, Ferdinand, Edelgard, Shez, Petra, Dorothea, and Bernie. It's a mix of those characters that I tend to use. Because what I like to do, because every stage, there's going to be two characters chosen at random who weren't in the last stage. Like they can earn extra experience by being taken into battle. Mm -hmm. How do you know that? Though? So on the list, of characters actually when you're in any list there should be like an orange orb next to their oh, name. okay yeah so that one of the things that i will do is i will place them as two of the characters and then the other two characters i will place based on who haven't i used lately as well as you know who's going to be strong against some of the units so types. chris do you think that's useful because at the same time you could argue that you just need to make sure one of your characters are you know leveled up and then you could just pay to level up the rest to match that there's not enough money to do that um, is it i haven't paid to level up anybody really? in a very long okay. time because i have been putting my money into always buying out all of the seals okay. every mm -hmm. chapter whenever i get anna in the town who is another vendor i buy everything that she has everything yep because uh she gets a restock every chapter oh 
Okay. And then on top of that, I buy all of the upgrades at the tactics place. Um, I try to buy facility upgrades as much as possible. So like everything kind of costs money mm -hmm. and I spend my money on everything except levels because I find just taking the characters who are getting that extra experience, equipping them with the extra experience accessory. I only have one of them right now, but like I'll equip it on the lowest level character that I'm taking in for that stage. Like I feel like that has helped me keep a level playing field. I think my lowest level is like 27 across all of my characters. And with the exception of maybe one character i have been able to hire every character that i can so far in the story it's a very different way of playing and i think that's a great thing because the fact that you can play it in all these different ways in itself is quite strategic and it's it's a quite a beautiful thing because the way that i play it i'm very different so i don't spend in anna's shop the only thing i buy in her shop are seals because obviously she gets that restock and i also buy seals from the shops as well but what i do is i go to the merchant and i do the trading of smithing supplies for other things like yep. that so that's what i do a lot i also sell back to them i don't know if you know this but you get quite a lot of bullion throughout like yep. so do you not sell them i do okay okay because I'm, I'm trying to think like where like how is it that because literally the only thing that i spend money on is leveling up um there are some facilities that i do level up as well but my main facilities that i'm leveling up anyway are the training facility and then there's that research facility that basically allows you to get like more muso bars and things like that they're the only two things i only have a couple more upgrades for that research facility um my training facility is maxed out so like i've been spending my money and i've also maxed out the facility where you trade for the smithing stones and because like at the end of every stage you can go to that person and she'll give you like some supplies that you got through that battle so like i've maxed out everything for that one as well and then i've just been like if i happen to see like oh i only need like three more of this material in order to get another upgrade at this facility even though i don't use that facility very often like the blacksmith i'll still go and be like well i want to max out everything because i'm also the type of person who at the training ground i am trying to get everybody to max out every class wow okay so my chez has already mastered all of the basic infantry classes then the the next level and i've already started slowly maxing out all of the advanced classes so is there a particular reason that you're doing that uh watching the numbers go up. okay all right Fair <laughs> enough. You know uh I am hoping that there is a reason for me doing this. You'll probably get an achievement but... <laughs> because there's there's a lot of in-game achievements for like um, a bunch of different... There's at least 450 in-game achievements. Which is very interesting because the, the Nintendo Switch doesn't have a, a native achievement system. So it kind of makes me wonder, well, what's the point? But at the same time, you get in-game rewards, which is quite nice. I mean, there's also those rewards that you get for save data as well. Which aren't really anything to shake no, stick at. Not. Like, it just gives you a little bit of extra stuff for your inventory. If we got save data from three houses, they should have given you the three houses costumes. That's what I think they should have done. That would have made a lot of sense. But do you think they'll include that as DLC? I hope not. But do you think they would? I mean, I would rather pay for it than not get it at all. I also think DLC gives us the, the opportunity to have 
more. It's just, will they give it to us? Like, will they give us DLC? I think they would because because of one simple reason. There was a season pass for Fire Emblem Musou, the original. I think also Age of Calamity. I'm guessing that they're going to be waiting on a, a new Fire Emblem game to be made because of the anniversary that's going on at the moment. So, so yeah, so we'll go on our break and we'll see you in a moment. Right before we get into the ads, I want to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon page where you can support us directly for only £5 a month. It means that you don't need to listen to ads like this, as amazing as they are. It's a no-brainer. You get early access to our show as well as ad-free content for all of the podcasts that we do. Or if you decided, well, I might go for a one-time donation, you could do so on our coffee page. That's coffee.com forward slash get a life podcast. That's ko-fi.com forward slash get a life podcast. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash get a life podcast. Also consider subscribing to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, even on YouTube subscribing is free it also means that you keep up to date with the content that we do post for all of our podcasts if you do leave a like on youtube or if you give us a five star rating on the podcast platforms it really does help us get up in the rankings it really does help us get more sponsorships it helps us out a lot you don't know how much that actually helps us so consider leaving us a positive review telling us all your thoughts as well and stuff that we can improve on really does help me out a lot as well gives me a motivation so subscribe consider leaving a five-star review or a comment if you're on youtube and enjoy the ad break and the rest of this episode this episode of the podcast is brought to you by crunchyroll as you guys know crunchyroll has been sponsoring us for a while now and we love them and we know you guys love them too so get your asses over to crunchyroll where you can enjoy the world's largest anime collection for only £6.50 a month. That's cheaper than pretty much all of the other streaming services out there. And you get quite a lot of anime, over 30,000 anime episodes and anime one hour after it airs in Japan. You can enjoy sub or dub in multiple languages from what I've seen on Crunchyroll. We use it personally on the podcast and I'll be honest with you, it's one of my favorite services to use for anime streaming because of all of the options that you get. If you go for the mega fan option, you do get the ability for offline viewing. So if you're on the train, or if you're going to a place where there is no internet, you can save for offline viewing and still enjoy your anime. Imagine if you're on a road trip, right? You're traveling across America or you're traveling across the UK and you wanna watch anime, your friend's driving and you're like, you know what? I wanna watch some Spy Family or I wanna watch some uh, Attack on Titan or some Dr. Stone. You can probably guess which anime I'm, I'm watching currently. If you want to enjoy anything, you're spoilt for choice with Crunchyroll. Not only that, you've got ad-free anime and as a bonus, you get access to the Crunchyroll manga as well, which is actually really cool if you go for your fan or mega fan options there as well. I'd recommend actually purchasing the 12-month mega fan because you're saving 16% off and you don't need to worry about it right stream on four devices at the same time which is actually fantastic especially if you're, you're in a big family and everyone wants to watch different anime you could do that with the mega fan option as well as offline viewing and you get a discount on the crunchyroll store if you want to buy nendroids or figurines or merchandise directly from 
adventurer. Once again, you can watch anytime, anywhere, stream on your desktop, mobile, gaming consoles even, and other streaming devices that include iOS, Android, Apple TV, Xbox, Roku, PS4 slash the PS5. So it's a no-brainer guys. If you love anime or even if you don't like anime and you want to know more about it, go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai or go to getalifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll it's the same link they work on the same way and sign yourself up for a 14 day free trial you can cancel any time but just make sure you guys sign up give it a try if you wanted to think oh what was this anime thing about give it a try crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai that's crunchyroll.com forward slash k-u-n-a-i back onto the episode okay we are back chris you were laughing i did catch you what was that about Yes. Super serious. It's, I'm sorry. it's super serious time now. I, it was a moment of weakness. Okay. I forgive you. So, super serious time now. Gust, what is that about? I hope that's not true. I genuinely... Like, I love Gust, right? But I also like the art style of Three Houses a lot. You know what I mean? It's that sort of Persona-esque art style. Like, it, it reminds me a lot of Persona 5, if that makes sense. I know that sounds really weird, but just the character profiles look really nice. And Gust make a lot of anime style. You know what I mean? Like, not refined, Well, if that makes sense. With Gust, I like them as a developer. Yeah, no. And I think they would be really good behind a, a Fire Emblem IP. You think so? Um, I absolutely think so. Okay. Because uh, they do really good with character stories. Okay. Like, look at the Atelier series. Like, just but mind you, they're not. My time with Ryza. They're not going to be in charge of the story, right? That's that's mainly going to be intelligent systems and Nintendo dealing with that. Because even for Three Houses, Koei had nothing to do with the storyline. They were just there to develop the game. Yeah, but like, we don't know the relationship. True, we don't. No, we don't we even don't. know if this is like a true rumor. If Koei Tecmo, I imagine Koei Tecmo is going to be involved because of the success yeah. of Three Houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can be safe to say that they are going to be helping with the next game. As far as Gust goes, I don't know if that's actually true. Maybe that's just, like, part of the leaked rumors that is, like, this is going to, like, give them something to talk about while we actually work on the game. I don't know. But I do think that Gust is really good as a character storyteller. And who knows, maybe Gust is being brought on to help with the um the character interactions maybe not with the main storyline mm-hmm. but how the characters interact possibly with i think because that's a great idea in terms of that because it might be the case that they're uh being used as an ancillary studio because even with three houses there was multiple studios from koei there was a shanghai office and i think a vietnam office so one of them were just dealing with like data stuff and the other it's like that it's more than possible as well like i love the environments that gust creates like if you look at a game like riser or riser 2 or even blue reflection they look visually appealing just the character models are well suited to those kind of games I don't want to see that sort of art style make its way over to the Atelier game that's coming to mind is I think it's called Atelier Aisha or something like that or whatever it's called like the one that the character has like really big bug eyes uh, you know what I yeah. mean it's it's obviously- well that was kind of the classic 
days. Like, yeah, I know. Even with the classic Rorona, if you go back and look at the original Rorona, mm -hmm. it's a lot more like chibi style, big eyes. Um, when they did the Rorona Plus, they kind of changed the art style a little mm -hmm. bit. And then like, even with, uh, what was the Lulua, where it follows Rorona's child. Rorona has a kid? Spoilers. It It's not it's spoilers. spoilers. Like Chris? you play as Lulua. I've never played. You know. And at the beginning, it's told to you that she is Rorona's spoilers, kid. Spoilers, spoilers. You know what? I will say something to you. I have never played, other than Riser, I have refused to play any Atelier game that gets sent to me. So Nathan, Nathan hates me for this, but Nathan sends me the Atelier games to take the piss. I'm pretty sure at this point, by the way, hi, Nathan. I'm pretty sure that Nathan does this to piss me off. He will send me, like, literally, when I got my Nintendo Switch, he was like, oh, great. We got, like, the new Atelier, like, the DX games, you know, those bundles that came out. He was like, I want you guys to review this. And he sent me those games. And I actually went up to Jacob and I was like, look, Jacob, can you review these Atelier games? And he reviewed them because, you know, he, he likes those games. And then I was just like, I still have the games. And they're still, they're, they're, as we speak, they're installing on my Nintendo Switch. So <laughs> I've got basically all of the Atelier games on my switch including riser one and two and the only one that i've actually enjoyed was riser but i think mainly what it is just to go on a little bit of a tangent is because of all that material synthesis and that kind of stuff didn't really impress me and like the battle mechanics didn't really impress me that like the only game that i was really impressed with like the battle was fairy tale from at least from gust was fairy tale and i think blue reflection but blue reflections are, i love blue reflection i can't shit on that game but atelier no but with this game specifically Specifically, if Gust is going to be making it, I don't think I've ever seen something as realistic from Gust, if that makes sense. So I don't have anything well, to judge it from. You know what I mean? Like the most realistic game in terms of art style from Gust was Riser and Blue Reflection, but they still had that sort of anime tint to it. Uh, if you're comparing yeah. that to the art. What about Knights of Azure? That's Knights of Azure. Is, it's like it's very anime. Do you not feel it? But like in the environment. Oh no, the environments are beautiful. I mean, obviously the environments is more that sort of, I would say akin to Fire Emblem. It's that sort of Western, maybe colonial style. I think Gust could pull off a Fire Emblem game. And like the reason why I have confidence in them is because of Fairy Tale. Oh no, no, 100%. Fairy Tale looks like a Fairy Tale game. It does not look or even feel like a Gust game. So I feel like Gust could um, adapt to the IP that they're working on. And I agree with that, but at the same time, it's like, it's still an anime art style. You know what I mean? It's not that, it's not too far off from what they've already produced, if that makes sense. It's kind of like initially when when we had the announcements that Team Ninja were gonna be making Musou games, right? That scared me shitless because I didn't have faith. Because if I'm not mistaken, yeah. like what, did they make the first Fire Emblem? Uh, Muso, and I think they made the first. They made the first Hyrule Warriors and the first Fire Emblem Warriors, um, but uh, they were brought on specifically for a for the big boss battles. They weren't brought on to help develop like the core gameplay, and that was because of their experience with Ninja Gaiden. Which they were like Koei was like, I know that Team Ninja can do these big boss battles, so. They can figure out that while we figure out the actual, like, battlefields and stuff. 
which makes sense i get it completely but as a fan you don't necessarily realize it at the time like you don't know what kind of goes into it and it, it scared me because i was like no i'm sorry i don't think team i didn't have enough confidence in team ninja because when you hear that a studio is making a game that is outside of their normal remit it does worry you a little bit and i think also to a certain degree a lot of people that when they hear about fire emblem um, and when they hear Koei is involved, they get a little bit weary because Koei is obviously known for, you know, the Warriors games and they don't always get the best reviews and they don't always get the best reputation. Even I was listening to a um, another podcast called the Nintendo Podcast. It's it's by uh, Wolf Den and Beat 'Em Ups. Woodhawker. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if you listen to it, but it's a really good podcast. I think everyone should go and listen to it. But they were talking about Fire Emblem warriors and they were really excited for it but they were excited for it as a fire emblem game obviously they're not excited for it as a muso game bob from wolf then he didn't know what muso was you know what i mean like he wasn't really too familiar with it and it's it's that kind of stuff it's like sometimes if you don't if you're not familiar with the studio or if you're familiar with the studio for a certain thing your confidence in that game isn't going to be as high if that makes sense, because you don't know what it's going to be like. You know, this is all speculation. This is a rumor at the end of the day. But when when I hear that Gust is working on a Fire Emblem game, it's like, I need to get more information. Are they working on environments? Are they working on character interactions as you mentioned you know what i mean because the only thing that's that's yeah. going into my head at the moment and it's an irrational fear but the only thing that's going around in my head is is this gonna look like atelier shally is this gonna look like atelier aisha you know what i mean i'm worried about that and i, and I don't mean that in terms of environment I, I mean that in terms of character model because i really hate that art style i i don't think we'll get to like that level because um like if, if you look at the art styles from modern Atelier games. Ryza, Ryza 2, Sophie 2, like those art styles have changed from what was originally. And even during the PS3 era, everything has changed from there. Like there's still a lot more anime than um, what we see in Fire Emblem. But like I see Gust as being able to adapt. Okay. Like that would be the, the way that I would look at it when a new studio is being brought on to help with a game or even develop the game from scratch is how adaptable are they like are they able to work on more than just that one genre and are they able to work on more than just that one look um and i think that gust is capable of see it. now if you had told me that Shibushawa studio is working with koei and with intelligent systems on a new fire emblem i would get hype because that's their bread and butter you know those types of strategy games are their bread and butter they've had so much experience on it and especially bear in mind these are the people that also developed kesen right so it's like are we gonna see some sort of kesen elements come involved because that was another thing why i liked the original um three houses is because you had those scenes after you made your moves right where they where you actually go in and attack and you actually get to see that happen and they see the damage that goes on and it was very reminiscent of kesen and i was just like oh you know mm. you know, i was like you know what i want to see that like return and yes at this point i don't think we're gonna see a new kesen but just to get that sort of flavor of kesen the essence of kesen in there just a little bit made me really happy so if I hear a studio like that is working on a new Fire Emblem, then yeah, hell yeah, I'll be super hyped. So, like, I still have confidence if Gust is going to be working on, like, the visual aspect of okay. it. All right. All right. You know what, Chris? You've actually proved your point, and 
you've calmed me down a little bit. But at, at the end of the day, I think this this portion might be the most useless portion because it could be announced tomorrow that you know a different studio is working on it. You know what I mean? Like, like. Yeah, actually, it's Capcom that's working on the that's, next that's Fire it. Emblem. It's not yeah, Koei. Exactly. Uh, we're gonna see. We're, that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna. You know what? If it is Capcom, they're gonna somehow ruin it. I, I don't want Capcom to be involved. <laughs> I, I, they're a studio I mean like I shouldn't be saying this because I'm on the press list for Capcom but they milk every IP that they have dry and then they don't give us games that we want to get like Sengoku Basara we need more Sengoku Basara yes absolutely and like just give us the games in English <laughs> Yeah, because they're still making them. Like, what is that about? Like, I, like especially with the success of games like Samurai Warriors. I feel like Sengoku Basara 4, if they made, like, a PS5 version that was able to do 4K at 60 frames or even 120 frames, and it's literally just a port. It's not like, you know, here's the game, plus we added some new characters or anything like that. No, just give us the game, maybe with all the DLC in English. I, I imagine that would sell, like, really yeah, well. It would, but you know what? Right now. Capcom doesn't like money, and I'm pretty... You know, that's what it is. They just don't <laughs> like money. Although, at the same time, they will milk Street Fighter and do, like, Ultimate Street Fighter and this and that. And I'm like, dude, what? Sengoku Basara is such a fucking great game. And oddly enough, certain games like Sengoku Basara inspired games like Token Rambu, which I, di I didn't mm. know. And ironically, Token Rambu Warriors is made by Koei. It it's this weird sort of relationship and dichotomy between the t all three. But you know what? I also think that a return of Sengoku Basara in the West, at least, would bring in a little bit of competition. You know what I mean? And that's always yes. a good thing because then everyone wants to improve. Everyone wants to get sales because at, at the same time, I think at the same time, what might worry Capcom a little bit is because, you know, they were fighting, or not fighting, they were in competition in the PS2 era and to some degree in the PS3 era. And then now it's gotten to the point where Koei is basically picking up every IP and making a Musou game out of it. You know, there's not much to compete from there. And that's probably maybe what, yeah. what um, Capcom is worried about. They're like, well, we can't compete with Koei now. They've got Nintendo. They've, they've done stuff with Atlas and Sega. And like, I don't... I I don't know where they can go for but that's not the point we're not here to talk about that what we are here to talk about <laughs> i want to go back on the rumor have you heard the rumor about the new protagonist for this new fire emblem game i have probably heard it and forgotten it's, about they're, it they're like the new protagonist has a mix of red and blue hair oh yes and i yes. saw i saw a leaked red oh, it's i'd say a leak but it's not a leak really it, it's probably somewhat a fan generated render on reddit someone was like this is pre-alpha of the game and it was basically i don't know if you've seen you know the merryweather comics like those web comics on on twitter i, I think like, so he, he does like the comics of like all the consoles oh yeah he did yep. one for the nintendo switch and it's like her pigtails are like this one like supposed to represent the joy cons one neon blue and the other one neon red oh and yeah I i'm looking at the picture right now of the the quote-unquote leaked picture you you see that right because it looked it looked horrible and i'm like no if this yeah. is the case no please like yes that's disgusting this does not look like it it doesn't look like a fire emblem no game. In fact, it doesn't even look like a Switch game. To me, it looks like a, a Vita game. Not even that. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, those shitty Sword Art Online games. <laughs> I mean, like, 
Yes. Yeah, that's what it like the the PSP Sword Art Online game. That's yes. what it looks like. And yep. look, I, I'm shooting myself in the foot because I'm also on Bandai's list as well. So what the hell is going on? I'm sorry, Bandai. I'm sorry, but that's what it looks like. It genuinely that, that like even for a, a early development. If if this is actually real, if this is early development, then it looks horrible. I've never seen a game in early development that looks that shit. I don't know. I'm being harsh, but I found another. Is there picture. a second? I've only seen this one. No. I've only ever seen that one too, but. Okay, this looks more real. No. Okay, it's not as bad as the back picture. Yeah, the back picture looks like three generations ago. This one looks like one generation. Yeah, ago. okay, yes. <laughs> it, it still doesn't look good. But it's good. less shit than before. And the hair color. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not good. How does one human being have natural hair color like this? Like, I can understand the eyes being yeah, two Yeah, because that, that's something that occurs in real life. But she looks like Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just like that red hair. No, I no, I'm sorry. I'm not loving it. This this looks like dog shit. What is this? Was that a that, pun? That was a pun. Yes, I'm glad you got it. Good. I'm glad good. You got it. Um, I will say if this character with the red and the blue hair has a male counterpart and the male counterpart has this like spiky hair. I can picture like the two hair colors looking pretty good with a spiky short hair. But with this long hair that they're showing in this yeah, but why, why image, split it, by it doesn't look good. That's the thing I don't get. Like, they're splitting it right down the middle. Like, whose hair is like that? And I, I don't even think people would go to There's hair probably salon. going to be, like, a story no. of, like, oh, she's from two different races. And so, like, one race has, like, the navy hair color and the other has the red hair color. So she's literally, uh, you know, half and half races. I hate that. I, I hate it. I hate it. It's, it's horrible. Why? Look, you guys can go and check this out. I'm not going to post this up because these are leaks, but you guys can go and check it out in your own time. Just type it into Google. But it's, what is it? Like, it, no, it's so off. But look, the rest of the design looks quite nice. The costume looks quite decent. You know, the, the sort of shin guards and the shoes look good. And the overall character design looked good. It's just the colors. Why do they have to have the Joy-Con colors? And that, that also brings another question. Are the colors going to change according to what Joy-Cons you're using? That would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, if Nintendo wanted to do that. Like, imagine you're using the pink and um, green Joy-Cons and then the hair color changes. But what if you have two Joy-Cons that are the exact same color? Then it would just... Are you just going to have a normal character? You have a normal character, character? Yes, correct. I think that would be a feature. You're no longer special. Yes, 100%. You know what? If that was the case... The game ends. The, the, game, the game ends. The game can't end. But you know what? It, it's just interesting. I mean, the character looks great. But at the same time, it's like looking at the environment in the background, if it is the case that Gust is working on it, it is a lot less dreary right yeah the background on the second looks image quite nice. is better than the background on the first image 100 percent, and i mean it's like the whole first image which i i imagine a lot of people know the first image that we're talking about because it's the one that like went everywhere the first image looks like a psp yeah, game like you said yeah that's shitty sold out online game that's what it looks like this other one looks like a ps3 game yes like it's still an older generation but i mean the switch isn't as you, powerful you know as... what it's very reminiscent of the stuff that we sort of see from bandai like mm, like the tales yeah games. that's what i was gonna go and say like it looks pretty much like a tales game or it kind of reminds me a little bit of scarlet nexus a little bit like just because of the way that the characters Ooh, yeah. 
like their faces shaped and the, they're posing in a certain uh, manner. Maybe Namco Bandai Maybe. is the ones behind. Maybe it's not. Maybe Koi. it's not. You know what, Chris? <laughs> you know what? If we figured this out and the new Fire Emblem game is in collaboration with Bandai. Oh shit, I think the FBI are at my door. Uh, well, you know what? You're on Prince Edward Island, so I, I'm. So it's the RCMP. Yeah, so I, I doubt that they're going to even go over there. I hear their horses <laughs> outside. Their horses? What the fuck? <laughs> it's not snowing there, is it, at the moment? No. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because they might need to shovel the snow and may they before they arrest you that they ask you for help because <laughs> it's Canada and they're just nice like that. And, and of course I would yeah, because you know Canadian, I'm Canadian. Yeah. I don't. You don't want to get into yeah. trouble with the police. Yeah, I'll be out there and be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if if we did predict that Bandai is working on this, you know what? I think we deserve like a million subscribers just for that. Or at least give us our, the names in the credits. Oh, like just what? a special no, thanks to- I, I wouldn't too. want my name in the credits. I, ge I genuinely wouldn't want my name in the credits. <laughs> what if the game is shit and my name is in the credits? You're not credited as like somebody who worked on the game, just a special no, thanks. No, I don't want it. Okay, Chris, would you want a special thanks for Dynasty Warriors 9? I wouldn't want that. So no, yeah, I wouldn't. Even if Koei paid me, I would not want a special thing for Dinosaur <laughs> S9. If the game is good, then they can retroactively patch me in. Or maybe put me as an NPC. I would like that. Maybe as the gatekeeper, they can model him after my face. They could do that. I don't I don't see why not. But you know what? I'm pretty sure now, looking at the way that this model looks, and if this is a genuine model, I don't think it's Koi working on this game. And I think it's Bandai. I'm going to say that now. Well, like, this could be Gust. I don't... Gust makes stuff like this? It doesn't. I'm going to hedge my bets, and I might be wrong, and I will say Bandai has got something to do with this. Might be wrong, but you know what? you got to take risks in life. Now, let me blow your mind. Could you imagine if it was actually Nintendo, Namco Bandai, and Koei Tecmo all working I together? I could see that happening, because they all have good relationships with one another. I mean, obviously, Bandai was like one of Koei's first sort of IPs outside of their own games and stuff, like with um, Gundam, Gundam and things like that. So, yes, I could see that working quite well and then nintendo has a really good relationship with oh, yeah, namco of because of like yeah. smash bros and that arcade mario kart i could see that working really well the thing is would nintendo want to put that much money in do you know what i mean because getting all of these different studios because you still have to have intelligent systems you'd still obviously nintendo well, would be publishing fire emblem has slowly become bigger and bigger True. so maybe they are just being like this is going to be the next big fire emblem or we're like willing to take the risk that this might not be the next big one because of all of the people that have come from uh three houses True. yeah and i i think at the same time nintendo are going to be looking closely at the sales figures for three hopes as well that's what they tend to do i mean even koei looks at these figures very closely because they did that with persona 5 scramble even though they didn't publish the game they were looking at sales figures very very closely what if they get another ip around the same exactly idea? yeah 100 you know I mean? so that's probably what they were looking into because at the same time it's like the fact that this game exists the fact that three hopes exists is clear the way that koei does the nintendo ips is very interesting because the moment that they do like an, a collaboration with Nintendo it's always a game that is designed to be before the next big game right so you had Fire Emblem 
warriors right before three houses right you had the first zelda muso right before breath of the wild and then you had age of calamity you know in preparation for the second breath of the wild game so it makes me think that definitely this three hopes game is there as like ancillary content for a potential new fire emblem game especially considering that we've already seen the stuff that nintendo has done surrounding its anniversary you know re-releasing the original fire emblem you know that timed release and things like that so i am very interested to see how this plays out and also what koei will do in the future because i mean normally when we have you on chris we we kind of give our koei predictions what do you think koei's move will be next in terms of ip because oddly enough every time i go to koei they ask me what do you want to see what new ips do you want us to tackle but i wanted to sort of pass that on to you what do you want to see koei tackle in terms of new ip i can talk all day about like what i want to see at this point like i have been trying to think of like what is going to be the next move logically how can we predict even what dynasty warriors 10 will be like and i don't I think know it's too early to uh, think about dynasty warriors even to think of like what's the next dlc pack going to be mm -hmm. i don't know are they going to probably not but are they going to ever do some additional dlc for samurai warriors 5 probably not but like it definitely deserves more dlc are they actually going to bring over some ruby party games i don't know like there's just so much that it's hard to make those predictions on what i do want to see at least as far as like other ips being given the muso treatment i say it a lot when this question comes up but a lord of the rings muso game would be fantastic even if it doesn't cover the Lord of the Rings story, if it's just set in the world that Tolkien built, I could see that being really good. And that's one of the reasons why I really like um, 99 Nights, because there's elves, there's orcs, there's goblins. Like, it's just, it's essentially a high fantasy warriors game. That time I got reincarnated as okay. a slime would be another good IP. I think that's, that one for me makes a lot of sense only because Koei has a good relationship and they're on the production committee for a lot of um, Kondansha anime and stuff like that. That's how they got Attack mm. on Titan. That's how they got Fairy Tale. You know what I mean? So it was, it was simple enough for them to get that involved. I think because obviously Slime is a part of that. I definitely think a Slime, either RPG made by Gust could really work well. The way that um, the anime works is that, you know, Rimuru is thinking about it as an RPG, you know, leveling up, gaining yeah. new skills. So that I see would work well as a Muso or as a, a traditional RPG. I also think that they could do um, Sailor Moon as, as a Gust yes, RPG because um, there is a Sailor Moon game, I think, on the Famicom, right? There's a couple RPGs. It's, a, it's about time we get a new Sailor Moon game, I think. Actually, I have one of the, oh, the RPGs do? for the Game Gear. Game Gear, that's so... <laughs> obscure i am the obscure collector i i still have an ouya okay now that's a bit sad now <laughs> I, that's where i draw the line an ouya i i have an ouya i have an engage complete okay, inbox engage is cool but an ouya is is the online like didn't didn't they turn off the like the the store is yeah, gone so what's the point um, of so like it? literally the games that i have downloaded on it those are the only games so then what the hell's the point it's basically like an android device it sits on the shelf it, it's a paperweight <laughs> it, it's kind of like the figures that i buy like there's what's the point of buying figures other than to dis yeah, display but them I, at least figures look good and ouya is basically a cube well i bought the ouya before all of that okay. shit went down okay. <laughs> i had the ouya when everything was still active mm -hmm. i was even planning on buying like uh, i think final fantasy 3 and 4 were available on yeah, the but ouya they were, they were just the mobile ports them. 
Because it's it, yep. it's an Android device. It's like basically a Raspberry Pi. There were a couple of games that were developed specifically for the okay. Ouya. Most of those games are now like uh, moved over to Steam and other consoles. Like Towerfall started as an Ouya only game. So there was a point for me to buy it back yeah. then. <laughs> but not anymore. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't make any money to sell no. it. No, I don't know. I think you'd have to give people money to take it. Take it off your hands. I just like the novelty of it. Like, that's the the reason why I own okay. it. Still own it. It's and a, it's, it's on display. It's the whole story. Yeah, it was the, uh, the story of an independent company trying to make waves in the, the console mm -hmm. industry. And so, like, that's, the, that's how I see it. And that's why I keep it displayed. Okay. Fair enough. One thing that I was mentioning, because I'm looking through Kodansha's um, list of manga, and I'm a Vinland Saga Muso game. I haven't watched the anime or read the manga. Me neither, but it, it's like that sort of... It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a lot of people compare it to Berserk. And I know Koei made a Berserk well, game. Well, so. there's swords in it. It'll, yes, it'll work. Yes, as long as it's, <laughs> that's all you need for a Muso game. You just need swords. And sometimes you don't I mean, even need swords. You don't swords. even need yeah. swords because, like, look at Fist of the North yes. Star. Well, you know what? We need another Fist. Like, this is this is the thing that I, do, I find really funny. No, no, what? no. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know what? We could get that, but it's... Is kind of locked down to uh, Bandai, so yeah. you, you kind of get but need to get them involved. They have a good they relationship. They do have a good relationship, but I part of me just thinks saying. that they need a better relationship because we need more Gundam Muso. That's, that's just oh my god! Don't don't even get me started. I just got finished like the Muso May themed Gundam event, and <sighs> I'm just sorry. Like they, that's what we need. But you know, what? I'm I'm starting to think about like other games that I could we could see from Koei because genuinely for me with like these ips i'm thinking about how come we don't see a final fantasy crossover you know dissidia warriors yeah, something like that because i mean they worked on the fighting game yeah like when when i heard koei Tecmo was helping with the dissidia mt i was like is this gonna be a warriors game and no it's just another dissidia are we gonna game. see dead fantasy like what? you know what i mean like there's so many things that we <laughs> could get but we're not getting especially now because koei is investing more in other other people's ips as opposed to their own so it's like there's so much opportunity for them and what worries yeah. me specifically about this sorry to cut not... you off i just had the thought so ruby party helped with token rumble warriors mm -hmm. right what about a harakanaru tokino nakade warriors i'd never heard of that game in my life but you've mentioned it before uh it Sure yeah, it, it it translates to Haruka Beyond the Stream of Time. I'll send the uh, the wiki page. But like, it's based in like kind of ancient times. There's swords. There's magic. This, that's all you need. We've we've already said this for a Muso game. You just need swords. <laughs> so um, I've seen this game before. Other characters that are in um... yeah, there's uh, two characters in. Um... Warriors yes, All-Star. That's where I recognize Actually, where I recognize it from. here's a, a cover of the one of the Vita games, the sixth mm -hmm. game. I didn't even know there were six freaking games in this series, but uh, the two larger characters on the left and the right, they're in... I think those two were the ones that were in um, Warriors, Warriors All-Stars. All yeah. Hajime, Arima, and... You know uh, what? I, I think... Oh, I forget his name. Warriors All-Stars, not to go on another tangent, but Warriors All-Stars, if executed well could have been a perfect opportunity to bring more ruby party titles over because people would have been intrigued but also yep. at the same time i mean that it could have been a good gateway into making this into a muso game you know that just made sense but i'm thinking like in terms of like other people's ips like some someone joked recently and said a sega like a sega sort of collaboration but like 
what could you do with Sega? You know, like what, Sonic? Uh, Fantasy oh, Star? Oh, my brain f went to Sonic and Monkey Ball. <laughs> I mean, a Sonic Warriors game wouldn't would be, be that far. It, it would It would be a yeah. blatant cash grab. It, I don't know. I would lose faith in both Koei and Sega if they did a collaboration like that. <laughs> like, Persona Muso makes sense but because they've already done it, but I don't know. Well, like I said, you could do Fantasy Star, The Shining series. Um, what other IPs does... Oh, a Yakuza Warriors? Hell yeah. But uh, hell yeah, Yakuza Warriors. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I fuck with that. 100%. Um, you know, one thing that I would say that would be really good at the same time would be, you know how you get certain companies sort of collabing? Like, you had um, Tekken cross Street Fighter. Yep. Now, what would happen if you got a collaboration with Capcom? <laughs> you, you might be catching on with what's I think I'm yeah. reading your mind. I think I'm reading your mind, but I don't think that will ever I happen. Because be um, I don't think Koei and Capcom will no, collaborate, considering yeah. the whole lawsuit between them in the you past. You know what? I think Koei should just outright buy Capcom. They've got the money for it. They could do it. Oh, like, that would be more possible than them collaborating. Yeah. But then, once they do that, they could do they could do Basara slash uh, Muso. That could work. They just call it Sengoku yeah. Basara Muso. And it would be like Warriors Orochi 3, where you have this sort of weird storyline. Imagine Ieyasu speaking with Ieyasu. It, it would... Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking about it as like you know that Spider-Man meme where it's all the different Spider-Men like yeah. pointing at one of them. You have Ieyasu from Samurai Warriors Four pointing at Ieyasu no. from Samurai. No, you know Warriors what's 4. going to happen? Yeah. Magoichi is going to hit on Magoichi. Oh, oh my God! Yes, yes. <laughs> that should. You know what? This needs to happen. I'm sorry. This needs to happen. But the other thing is like the characters have different personalities, so you're definitely going to have. Like, the two Ieyasus will probably not team up mm -hmm. with each other, because they have very different I mean, you, if you wanted to go, you could go with three Ieyasus if you really wanted to. Because there's that Samurai Warriors yeah. 5 one as well. I mean, it depends on how crazy you want to go. But you know what? Part of me thinks that Koei is not going to do that. But at the same... Fuck it. Put the Ieyasu from Kessen in there as well. No. And the one from Token Rambo Warriors. <laughs> is this... Like, is just this, throw them all. Is this just... Is, is this... I don't know how to explain it. Is this basically like the the only playable character is going to be Ieyasu Tokugawa? It's like, what is this? It, it's going to be like Dragon Ball Fighters, where like you have seventy different Goku's. Yes, that's what is exactly what it's going to be. But it's only going to be Ieyasu. Every other character gets one variant, and it's just Ieyasu gets seventeen variants. I think that's an excellent idea. Ieyasu Musou, and then everybody has an Ieyasu costume. Oh, yeah. That, that, yo, oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be a fever dream, though. I, you, you know what, Chris? If Kobe actually takes us on board, I don't know what I would do. I, genu I do not know how I would deal with that emotionally. I genuinely, like, I would... You wouldn't. You just implode. Yeah, no, like, no. That, that's the only logical no, reaction. You know, you, know what it is? you know what I would do? I would end the podcast i would go and live in a forest i'd be like you know what fuck the games industry this is getting too wild i need some time to be alone not speak to anyone you just become the meme of that guy that like fades that, into the distance that would be me like, yeah if kobe bought out capcom peace. and made this weird ieyasu game then yes that's what would happen to me 100 percent. you would never hear about me i'll scrub my existence from the internet completely 
because I don't want to be associated with this idea. Because I don't want to be the person that Kobe gets this idea from and then does this. I know it's very slim that they, they would ever do this, but if they're in the off chance that they do, I don't want to be responsible for that. Speaking of being scrubbed from existence, like this is an absolute tangent. Did you ever read the webcomic Goku and the RPGs? No. Is it is it bad? I'm going to type this in. Is it horrible? I cannot find it. Are you sure it's not something that you made up? I mean, it might be a Mandela effect. So, like, it's a webcomic of Goku going into a bunch of different RPG games. Like, he wakes up and he's in Pokemon. And Ash catches him and puts him in a fight against Mew. He kills Mew and then gets taken to, like... <laughs> this place in between dimensions that Luca from Chrono Trigger is there and this old man who like is telling Goku you need to take on all of the famous RPGs and find the divine spork and kill you Chrono. You sound like you're having a stroke, Chris. This doesn't sound real. <laughs> like this I am searching this on I Google. swear no, no, I no, read no, no, this. No, this where did you read this? No, you would have remembered this because there's no I'm Scrubbing Google right now could not find any I I've it. already scrubbed Google, and I don't know what the fuck happened to it. Have you but, reached out like, to Twitter? He goes, I have, and nobody because has responded. Because it doesn't exist, Chris. It doesn't exist. It no, did. It doesn't. But, like, the moment that was so cool to me when I was, like, I don't know, 12 years old when I was reading this was he went into the world of Final Fantasy VII, and he became Goku Roth. <laughs> Goku Roth. <laughs> Chris, no, no. How old were you when you read this? I think I was like between 10 okay. and 12. Because this sounds like a child that had a very, very vivid imagination. I'm sorry for gaslighting you, but I, I genuinely think this doesn't exist. And this was something that you created. And you know what? You should take credit for that because it's an excellent idea. I wish I created this, well, man. Chris, what if you, what if this was something that you just remembered that was a false memory and we're speaking about this for the first time on the podcast you could make this and, no, I... and be a millionaire even if you didn't even if this is real take what you remembered and just recreate it i, re I remember finding this but where? and my friends and i talking this, about it this I sound, don't... it sounds no! like a very obscure oh if this is you know real, what it... this is probably something that you'd find on 4chan like this is not something that you know what it probably was okay. um i was on a uh Dragon Ball Z, like, fan um, chat room, you know, back in the day, where, like, you would log in to the chat room every day and, like, put in your username. So you would have to try to be there first so that somebody wouldn't take your username. Okay. Yeah, old chat rooms. And it was probably somebody shared a link in the chat room about it. And it was on its own website. Like, it wasn't on, like, a popular okay. website. It wasn't on DeviantArt or anything like that. It was its own website, which it probably got taken down you know maybe they didn't pay for the rights to it anymore and it just got taken or down maybe Funimation um, took it down cease and desist maybe or maybe square took it down because like the only non-square rpg in the list of rpgs that they did was pokemon okay. the rpg worlds that he went to was um pokemon final fantasy 7 final fantasy 8 final fantasy 9 and chrono trigger and Chrono was the, the final boss. And I remember the, the last chapter with the fight against Chrono took so long to come out. Like, I, I have this memory. And then the fight against Chrono is like, after he finished all of the other RPGs, he finds the Divine Spork. And he tries to use it against Chrono. And it does nothing, because it's literally just a spork. So, Goku needs the power of the Game Shark to kill Chrono. The more you speak about this, the... 
<laughs> the wilder it gets. Okay, Chris, you know what? I'm going to pose this to the um, the audience. Okay, if anyone, anyone can find this comic. What was the name of the comic again? The webcomic? Goku and the RPGs. Okay, if you can find this webcomic, Goku and the RPGs, <laughs> I will give you a £10 either PSN or eShop or Microsoft Store gift card. How's that sound? If someone finds it. I know it's not a big thing, but if anyone finds it and has proof to this existing, then you have my word. You're going to get a £10 gift card. I'll do one as well. You'll get that £10 gift card from Bish, but then I'll buy you uh, the Steam copy of Dynasty Warriors 7 Extreme Legends Complete. Seven? It's the cheapest one. <laughs> is that, that the reason? <laughs> it's, it's the only one I okay, can afford. Cool. Okay, how much is that? <laughs> uh, it's like 27, okay, 30 bucks. Well, Canadian? Okay, Canadian. So that's like what, yeah. five pounds? Yeah. Actually, you know, you know what? <laughs> the, the pound is quite bad at the moment. So 30 bucks Canadian might as well be like 30 pounds at this point. So, you know, it's not a good time here. It's not a good time. Um, but yeah, okay. I think okay. I think that's a fair thing. I think that's a fair thing. Dynasty Warriors Seven. If somebody can find the link to it, like the actual. But what if what link. if the website? Because we have to give them a chance. What if the website doesn't exist anymore? I well. my 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 <laughs> offer is open. If you can find like a screenshot, just, I just want to know the existence. Oh, if somebody can find a screenshot, yeah. I just want to know its existence. Yeah. If you can verify its existence, that ten pound is on the offer. Uh, it, that ten pound or ten dollars or, or whatever is available, and you'd need to send us a d or send us a tweet at Get a Life Podcast. Chris, what's your Twitter page? At Chris underscore okay, Gildart. So send us a tweet there, and you have to tag us both, otherwise you don't get the prize. That's the rules. If you find it, and you are successful, you get those prizes from us, and that's a promise. So... That being said, we've already said our Twitter pages. Big thanks to Nintendo, and obviously big thanks to Koei for making this game. Big thanks to Nintendo for giving me a copy. And big thanks to our sponsors, Crunchyroll and Sugoi Mart. You guys have uh, probably listened to their ads throughout the episode. And big thanks to our patrons on Patreon, because you guys fund the podcast and it actually does help us out. Sometimes we don't get review copies, so we use that Patreon money to buy a game on launch. Because you know what? Games are expensive. So thank you for doing all of that chris where can people find you i know we already mentioned your twitter but well you can find me on youtube just under chris gildart you can find my second channel gildart gameplay where i post uh gameplay videos and live stream vods uh on my main channel i do reviews and discussion videos i talk a lot about niche games as same with Bish. My bread and butter is the Warriors franchise. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok, Chris Gildart, there as well, and Instagram. Pretty much, if there's a social media, search Chris Gildart, you might find me. I will say this. You guys should go and check Chris's. His YouTube videos are amazing, and we know that, but check his TikToks out as well, because they are quite good. I quite enjoyed them. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Next week, I say week, maybe it might not be next week, but next week we have an episode with another person who I'd say is quite prevalent in the Musou community. He's more so as a games journalist, Matthew Sainsbury from Digitally Downloaded. We're going to be talking about the projects that he's been working on and also how he got into the gaming industry. It's a, uh, a way for us to start off our new segment on the podcast where we talk to prevalent people in the community and in the games industry and ask them how they get into it and to, for them to give advice on people that want to get into the games industry in a professional sense so yeah bye bye <laughs> <laughs>